Thank you for tuning in to the Educational Leadership Podcast. We are meeting with educational leaders from around the great state of Texas. Hear their stories and gain insights into educational leadership. All right, we are continuing today's Disruptive Public Education Summit here in Texas. We have some amazing superintendents from around Texas, and we do want to give a shout out to our sponsors before we continue today's conversation and topics. We first of all want to give a shout out to Wise Pies Media, which is putting out some amazing content around public education, spreading the good word. We also have the Educational Leadership Podcast. We have over 60 episodes with superintendents and board members around Texas. And then we also have I Do Impact. I Do Impact's given hundreds of millions of dollars to school districts around Texas. Nearly 20% of the districts in Texas are receiving funding from I Do Impact. It's recurring revenue every year, zero out of pocket to the district. And so if your district needs funding, either comment in the chat and we'll connect you or reach out to I Do Impact. All right, so now we have Superintendent Strickland. Thank you for joining us. I, listen, I want to thank you and Corinne both for giving me this opportunity. Enjoy doing the podcast with you a while back and uh, just uh, appreciate the invite to be here and, and uh, share a little bit of our story at Trenton ISD and, and some of the great things that, that we're doing that relate to the great things in public education. Outstanding. You're look, looking forward to it. All right. So I just want to, uh, you know, kind of jump in. I, I'm not sure if I may be the uh, superintendent of the smallest school district you guys have on uh, on the session today. I've listened to most of everything this morning and everybody I've heard from so far, uh, superintendents at much bigger school districts. Um, I, I'm going into my fourth year as superintendent at Trenton ISD, my 14th year overall with the district. Uh, we've got right at 700 students. Uh, we're a 2A, uh, still considered a rural school district, but we're about 30 minutes northeast of McKinney ISD, uh, and growth is uh, knocking on our doorstep. And uh, so we're we're definitely a district that is in transition, and uh, we're definitely a district that has gone through uh, a lot in the last four months. Um, for anybody out there that's not familiar with our story, and I'm going to touch on that a little bit uh, as we make our way through this and highlight some of the great people in Trenton ISD and great people in public education that have that have helped us through some of what we've gone through. Um, I think things we're going to talk about today are not things that they prepare you for in the superintendent academy uh, when you're going through it. And um, it's stuff that um, you've got to experience yourself to really have a good understanding of it. But at the end of the day, everything comes back to relationships uh, and, 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 and how you how you build those relationships, how you treat people, how people treat you in return. Um, and, and I'm going to start with the fact that nothing that nothing that we've gone through and accomplished here at Trenton ISD over the past few years are, are possible without a, an amazing board of trustees. I feel like we have a, a strong team of eight here um, and we're, that we really walk side by side with each other. Um, and, and that has created such a strong foundation um, that that just resonates throughout our entire school district and, and hopefully resonates throughout our, our community here. Um, so, um, yeah, for those who don't know, on, on, on April 10th, we experienced a fire at our elementary school. Uh, we, we lost we lost our elementary building. And that um, that right there for a school district that uh, is small, 700 kids, uh, has a tremendous impact uh, on the school and on the community. And so um, what happens when you find yourself in the midst of some adversity that, that you cannot plan for is, is, is you get to see the amazing things that come out of it. And that's all that, that, that this is really about. It's just some of the amazing things that have come from, from such a, a situation like that of what you see the great things that, that can come from, from people in public education. And, and so, you know, um, for 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 us to be able to go through that, I think a school maybe doesn't come out of this as successfully as I would say we have without just tremendous relationships with all of our staff, making everyone feel valued and having the right type of culture. And I've listened to some of your other speakers today talk on how important culture and relationships are in public education and and in their school districts. And 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 there's. There's no doubt that's true. Um, we, we live it here each and every day in Trenton ISD. And so 
um, for 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 just the fact of of going through again what we have experienced over the past few months. It's been a tremendous amount of change thrown at our staff and at our teachers. You you lose a building, you relocate students into community buildings to finish a school year. Um, you you convert gyms into classrooms to finish a school year. Uh, you get finished with the school year, and then the real work starts in the summer, where you're having to bring in um, a, a almost unimaginable amount of portable buildings to a school to a school district to revamping utilities to uh, moving every teacher in your district from pre-K through the eighth grade is having to move classrooms over the course of a uh, of a summer and um, reorganizing traffic flow patterns and safety and security measures and protocols and everything that it takes to go through something like that and and you do none of it alone everything that you do is 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 because you're surrounded with an amazing staff of 100 individuals, regardless of what their title may or may not be. Just everybody pitching in together and working together to do what is best for kids. Uh, Trent and I, Steve, that's 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 how we. Whatever question is asked, we look for the answer by saying what's best for kids. And we we we're not perfect, and we don't always get the answer right. But whenever you're making your decisions based on what's best for kids and how you survive through some of those things. Um, I, I think more times than not, things tend to work out for the best. And, and so um, for us, that, that I, just, I just enjoy telling our story about where we were at and where we have come to today um, by doing so. Uh, to shed a little light on what we had to do, we had to bring in 20, 20 classrooms. We had to bring in a cafeteria, we had to bring in a kitchen, and we had to bring in an administration building all over the course of the summer. Uh, wow. Those are not just your, your, your traditional portable classrooms either. Um, we, we brought in four, what you would call traditional portable classrooms when you think about it, but we brought in two eight classroom modular buildings um, that from the outside, they just look like a big standalone building. And when you walk in them, they look like a traditional, a traditional building with a big hallway down the middle, classrooms on each side, huge bathrooms in them. Um, everything you could ask for that we brought in to take care of our kids for the next couple of years while we're going through all the process of building the building that we lost. Um, hey, and on top of that, we also, in November uh, of 22, we passed the largest bond in the history of our school district, a $57 million bond uh, to build a high school. So now we're a 2A school district with 700 kids, and we are re restructuring our district and we are now going to be building a high school and an elementary campus all at the same time. Oh um, these are just things they don't prepare you for when you're going through your superintendent program, no. right? And how you handle all of that. And, and, and I go back to what I said earlier, none of this, none of this you get through alone. Mm -hmm. you, you don't get through any of this without having a tremendous amount of amazing people around you uh, working right beside you, a tremendous board um, that that's trusting you in your vision to get through this process. And um, so we've gone through a lot here in the past uh, four months. And, and on top of that, you're dealing with all the day-to-day -day regular stuff that you go through. We, we just were in our third week of school. Uh, we're already short bus drivers. We're short substitute teachers. We're all filling in in, in classrooms and the cafeteria serving line wherever we have to. And we're doing it all because it's what's best for kids. And uh, truthfully, as complex and complicated as things may be, I think if you just always are able to take a step back and think about what's in the best for kids, um, mm -hmm. honestly, I think it makes things a whole lot easier and it makes the difficult times less difficult because you keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is our kids, right? Um, so, um that's a little story about where we have been and what we have been through. And I know from the experience of the podcast, Corinne and Gary, you mm -hmm. guys like to hear a little bit and you usually jump in with some great questions. And I'm just going to ask right now, what questions might you have for me on where we've been in our journey or what we've been through? I'm going to check, make sure there are any questions in the chat first. Yeah. Go ahead, Corinne. No, you go. Yeah, uh, just curious. So you mentioned some of the growth that's happening out there. What's what's driving that growth? Yeah, I honestly, I honestly think it's just people that are um, trying to get somewhere that's a little quieter right now. Um, 
And, you know, and that's their, their, their perception is if they're getting out of the Metroplex area and coming to a, uh, Northeast Texas, that's a little quieter, but still, still minutes away from what you could want. I mean, when you can drive 30 minutes and be in a, in a town like, uh, McKinney, uh, to, to the Frisco, to the Plano area in Northeast Texas, uh, it's a different, it's a different lifestyle out here right now. Uh, you got, um, we are, um, uh, our class sizes are, are smaller, our, our, Course offerings are growing. Um, our student to teacher ratio is 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 better than some of the bigger school districts. And at the same time, just the, the quality of life in a, in a community like Trenton um, is is very much uh, something that's drawing people this way right now. Um, you know, and 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 you're starting to see that not just with people building their own individual homes, but we've got. Uh, um, several um, housing developments that are coming in and people that are buying land and putting in 100 homes here, 75 homes here, and they're putting them in on nice big uh, acreages of land. And so you don't necessarily feel like people are right on top of you. And so I, I think it's that I think it's that piece of it where you can kind of get out of the of the city of the Metroplex area, uh, still have some of the rural life setting, but you're minutes away from being back into the city and some of the attractions that you you seek and want to be a part of. Uh, and also, um, you're able to be a part of a, an education system in Trenton ISD that's, um, I, I'd put us up against anybody right now. Uh, well, yeah. I know, this is my, you're the close. I think out of all the people we've interviewed, you might be the closest to me in proximity. And so I... I live north of Denton and I, this Metroplex, oh my gosh, it's it's the traffic is getting terrible just in these rural areas <laughs> where it used to be quiet. So I can imagine if I'm in the Metroplex wanting to come out to your district uh, and, and have a, that, that would be one of my destination schools for sure. You mentioned something like, I just, I can't imagine I was a trustee for many years and we have, we had around 900 students, but all three schools are on the same campus. I cannot imagine building a high school and an elementary school at the same time. Do you have any tips for people that are, that are going through something like, like that? I mean, that's so such an unplanned set of circumstances because when you plan a high school, you can plan, people can start planning five, 10, 20, 30 years in advance. So by the time you get to that building process, you like are, you're excited and you're ready to go and you pretty much like, it's, it's not that there won't be surprises, but to do both, uh, do you have some tips, the things that, I mean, even if it's work-life balance tips, how you figure well, that out? I, I want to say this, if there's anybody out there that's going through this, you need to call me because we need to talk because <laughs> I don't know if there's, <laughs> I haven't found anybody that's out there going through what we're going through here. You know, um, the, the, there are no tips I'm going to give anybody on work-life balance because I'm not good at it. Um, I think when you're at a district of our size, when there are no assistant superintendents, when there's no assistant principals, when it's uh, my, my my core team is really small and our plates are full. Um, that makes it more challenging. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. We we have no director of maintenance or facilities here. That is the superintendent. We, you know, mm -hmm. we don't have um, uh, uh, assistant superintendents of finance. We, we we just don't have those those mm -hmm. those positions here. Um, we're not at the point yet where there's a need for it. Um, with the growth that we are seeing, with the things that we are uh, that we are um, are experiencing those positions will come here, but um, they're not there yet. And so, you know, to go back to the bond of 2022, yeah, we, we were working on that for um, almost a year before the bond passed. Mm -hmm. A lot of time and effort and planning went into that. And, and it didn't pass on its first attempt. We, it, we, we, we failed in May and we came back in November and, 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 I think did a better job of building a relationship with our community and communicating and we were able to get that bond passed. And so that's one, one key part of it right there that, 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 that ball was already rolling in such a, in such a great motion when we've experienced what we've experienced here, but then you throw on top of it, the, the loss of the elementary building. And now you're going through something 
at what we feel like is almost light speed with the uh, conversations that are having to happen around that, the design, the design phase, everything that's going on, because we're in such a unique position where we need both of these buildings to finish at the same time. Because one finishing at one point and one not finishing for another six, eight months to a year, well, that doesn't help us make the transition that we need to make in our district, right? Um, so we we really we really need these buildings to be finished at the same time so that we can transition all of our students into the right building and right facility at the same time, put our teachers in the right classrooms at the same time, and be able to get rid of all the temporary buildings that we're leasing over the next 24 to 30 months um, to get those things off of our property to free it up so we can make all, all of the needed uh, changes and adjustments that we need to go through. So uh, for tips, I'm going to be honest. I, I, anybody going through any of the construction process, hopefully you have a, um, a great relationship with your architects, your construction mm -hmm. managers. Um, that's vital. A great relationship mm -hmm. with your city. Uh, mm -hmm. We're in a unique setting where our elementary campus is in the city limits of Trenton, but our, our high school and what will become our middle school is not. It's in the county. Two different entities. Mm -hmm. So you're having to learn about what are the what what are the uh, city codes and regulations and building the relationship with the city on all that side of it and then doing the same thing with the county. And and and, and I'm living in both of those worlds right now in Trenton mm -hmm. ISD. Um and and just again, every day I feel like I learn something new uh, because mm -hmm. there's a conversation that has to be had about the challenges that you're facing and, and what it takes to get those answers. Um you also got to have a tremendous network. Uh, I pick up the phone quite frequently and call somebody that I know has been down this road before. Maybe not the exact same road that I'm on, but there's plenty of people out there that have built schools, that have done this, that have had to bring in portable buildings. And so you've got to have a network of people that you can rely on because there's no way you're sitting in an office doing this stuff on your own. Uh, they're, they're, you're you're going to fail your kids if you're doing it that way. So having having that network of people that you can reach out to that you can trust that you know they will give you honest feedback about what you're what you're facing and, and give you some of the um, some input from the experiences that they've had um, that's invaluable um, and and then also just being transparent with with everyone in your district and your community as we're making these steps and, and having to make these decisions and where the process is at. Because if you're not being transparent and telling your story about through this process, well, guess what the people are going to do? They're going to tell that story, whether it's true or not, based on what they think or what they're hearing. So just being able to communicate with everyone around you and be transparent with what you're going through is, is vital to, to the relationship process that you're having to build. Because at the end of the day, we're all in this thing together, the school, the community. Uh, we're, we're walk, we have to walk this thing side by side to do what's best for our kids. Mm -hmm. love it love it now that makes perfect sense so what um so tell tell us about kind of your aspirations for like the bigger vision for your district kind of long term yeah we laughed in an admin meeting the other day i said you know we keep telling ourselves next week things will settle down and next week never gets here and settles down right it's just the world that we live in right now so i just think um I think the way our school year ended last year with the displacement of so many kids, the uncertainty of what school was going to look like whenever we started back this year with the temporary buildings, the bond passed, working through the design of the elementary. Um, a lot of that stuff can bring some uneasiness um, uh, amongst staff, amongst students, uh, amongst, amongst the community. So I think what I hope we we are able to accomplish long term is that I hope that staff, students, and our parents and our community understands that um, we're not making any decisions uh, in haste. That we are weighing every option. That we are looking at every aspect of things as we move forward, and that we're doing everything in our power to put our kids in the best buildings possible and in the most timely manner possible. And, and we're able to do so in such a manner that's going to prepare them for 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 what they're going to face in the future so that we're we're building things here and putting things in place here that are going to allow us to continue to offer the amazing programs that we that we do at, at this level of school 
but yet knowing that we're growing and that we're growing and building in a manner that's going to prepare our kids for the future that is to come. And, and I think that's the biggest thing that I, that my aspiration is for is that, that we're not building for right now. We're, we're doing and preparing and planning for five, 10, 15 years from now and taking care of the kids that aren't even in our school system yet, but that are coming, taking care of the families that haven't moved into our community yet, but that are coming. That is our job. Our job is to inspire hope. Our job is to make an impact and provide value. And that that's that is my aspiration for what we're doing here in Trenton ISD. No, mate. Yeah, no, that, that, that's 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 great. Man. That's perfectly clear. And it's making me think. So we're looking at earlier we had chat G, chat GPT discussion, right? And we talked about yes. funding. We talked about so and then you had a you had a fire at your district, right? So now they're all different scenarios, but they're a lot of times are unexpected situations that happen, right? And so curious, just looking back on your the unexpected expected thing that happened at your district, looking back, what what's were there any lessons learned of like, man, I wish I would have I don't know if you can even prepare for something like that, but is there anything you, you, if you look back and say, man, if I would have known this, this would have made it a little bit easier. Yeah. This, this is just the truth. Uh, uh, Gary uh, is, and it may be hard to believe there, there hasn't been an awful lot of time to stop and look back yet. It has been, one moving target after the next in order for us to just get to where we are today. Um, we we missed the start of school by five days. I had to delay the start of the school year by five days just because there were so many moving parts of getting all the buildings and all the utilities in place. And so the truth is we, we really haven't been able to stop and catch our breath since nice. April the 10th. And, um, and that's okay. Because because the time the time will come when we're going to be able to stop and catch our breath and we're going to be able to look back through some of this because the the conversations that we've been having to have on a regular basis is okay here's what's in front of us next what's our next best step like mm-hmm. like if you stop and look at things in general not not just here with what we've dealt with in Trenton ISD I think in the world that we live in with public education and all the all the negativity and all the battles and all the fights that are out there. If you look at it in its entirety, it can become overwhelming. It can become too much. We, we try to really pride ourselves in focusing on taking that step back and just looking at the situation and going, okay, what's the next best step? Mm-hmm. And when we see that next best step, that leads us to the next best step. And I think when you put a couple of steps in place, well, then that leads you to a pretty clear path. Right. And so we just, I, I, at the end of the day, honestly, I don't know if there's any way that you can say, man, if I knew this was going to happen, this would have been this way. Cause I just, we haven't been able to do that, but I don't I even know if there is that answer out there. Well, and I, I like that answer because I think sometimes there isn't time for reflection and, and, and it can, somebody else will, somebody else will, well, uh, I'm sure has judgments and an opinion on how you're doing it. And sometimes when you are in the middle of it, it's, it's not the time to reflect. I mean, it, you, you have to, you have to make the best decision for what's what, that next best decision, the next best decision. And, and doing that, I think, um, I think in some ways that is, that, that is what you're supposed to be doing. So I, I like your honesty in that, um, I, I want to go back to something, if it's okay, um, that you mentioned about your role and how there isn't an assistant here and isn't assistant there. In my in my district, it's the same thing. The, the, the superintendent, there isn't an assistant superintendent. There aren't assistant principals. They, everybody is, um, and, and, and I also like that you said that it doesn't, it's not, it's not called for yet because that means you're, you're, you're careful about the budget. And, and if you take, keep hiring a bunch of extra people, then that's less that your teachers get, actually. So I'm so impressed when I hear superintendents that aren't just, it'd be great. Like, you, you'll need to do that at some point um, as your district grows. But I'm always impressed. And I think our, our listeners need to understand not every district has multiple layers of people in administration. It's a, It can be a very small team. And yet the same financial structure from the state is there the same expectations are there I mean and it's almost uh it's well I, I magic's not the right word because you do great work but it, it it's it's 
always impressive to me how small districts have the same structures and the same expectations and pull off so much with so little. And so I just commend you for that. I think I'm glad that you mentioned it, that there's not a need for it yet because surely there is. It's just financially, it's the best for your district to not start hiring a bunch of administration. Yeah, there's some truth there, Corinna. I mean, there could be the argument that there's a need for, for something added here, but look, we're 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 in this position as superintendents to to take care of people right mm -hmm. that that's 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 our job at the end of the day we're, we're here to take care of um and and i think every superintendent out there would would tell you that they want to they want to provide their, their their students and staff with every resource available before they're going to worry about taking care of their office with something that, mm -hmm. that that's why we're here. And so um, and that's certainly the way we try to do things here. Um, again, uh, if you haven't been a small school superintendent, you're missing out. <laughs> I, I'm just I, I, look, I, I'm just being honest with you. Guys. Yeah. I, and. and uh, we can have the debate all we want about is it harder to be a, a big school superintendent or a small school superintendent all you want. I, I've not been a, at a big school district. I don't know that I can, you know, weigh in on that debate um, evenly. But I'm going to tell you this. If you're not. Being a small school superintendent, you're not just a superintendent. You're going to know how to drive a bus. You're oh, going for to sure. Serve food. You're going to know how to serve food in the cafeteria. You're going, you're going to get on the lawnmower and mow whenever things need to be done. You're going to fill in in a classroom when you don't have enough subs. Um, I don't know how, I just don't know how many big school superintendents say that they're going to do that throughout the course of the year. But I promise you, I'm going to tell you that I've done that through three weeks already right now, this school year, right? I mean, that's just what we do. But guess what? That's what makes it great. Why does it make it great? Because you continue to build relationships with those people that you're serving because you literally wind up serving right along beside them throughout the course of the year. And mm -hmm. that is, it, it's just hard to describe how great that is, right? And it also helps whenever you're, you're the relationship you're able to build with your community because when you're at a ball game on Friday night, you know the kids, you know them by name, you know their parents, Right. Yeah, you, you know the people in town. Um, those are special things. Um, and, and for those that don't get the the, the privilege of, of serving in a small school district, they miss out on that stuff. And uh, uh, um, at least I think they do, right? Because I think it would be hard for you to know the name of every kid if you've got 4,000 kids in your school district. And how do you know the names of all your employees if you've got 1,000 employees? In my mindset, that would be challenging because I've never been in that mindset. Just like I think for some some people in a big school district, it would be hard for them to go, well, yeah, I'll drive that bus route today or I'll go serve. In it. But for us, it's just a way of life here. It's how we do things. And I just think it helps. You know, with every, all the challenges we're going to go through, in 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 this industry, one of the things I, I for Trent and I see that I'm most proud of everything that we've gone through since school ended last year. We lost one teacher last year to another school district. Wow! So That's when you it. talk about making sure that your people feel valued and that you're building the right culture and the right climate in this world that we live in, and the teacher shortage that we're going through, we lost one teacher to another school district last year. And guess what? That teacher went for a step up in their career how, how that's almost unheard of in what we go through in this day and age right and so like that's the overall message that that i just think it when you surround yourself with the right people when you're doing things mm -hmm. in the right manner and everybody everybody understands the the mission and the vision and and the purpose for what we're doing in public education. And I know that's a rarity, but just if there was a time for people to run for the hills, I promise you we've gone through some of those times and only only lose one person to another district. I think it just reiterated to all of us here how great our team is and that, that when you do things the right way, people want to be a part of it. That makes sense. Yeah. I agree. We, we we did have a guest, uh, uh, sorry, one of our listeners 
or attendees had a question. So uh, what's the most, so this was back to when we were talking about the uh, the fire and, and everything that happened there. So what's the most valuable agency or resource you utilize during this ordeal? Yeah, so um, honestly, uh, our, our property insurance, uh, we which we use TASB at Trenton ISD and our um, our representative was absolutely phenomenal, um, truly phenomenal at helping guide us through this entire process. It was not always easy. It didn't happen as fast as I wanted it to happen. And there were times we had uh, we did not agree on things. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, she made me fully believe um, that they were here to take care of Trenton ISD and do do what was best for us through that process. And they were able to point me in directions when I needed other things, when I needed moving companies. When, when you have a, a district of 700 students and 100 employees and your custodial staff is eight people and your maintenance staff is only two people and you are having to move 40 classrooms, you need help, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so they were able to point me in avenues of these are moving companies that we work with that'll be great and take care of you. This is who you wanna reach out to uh, when you're talking about needing help with utilities they 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 truly helped make things easier the other part of it and i think it was just it was just fortunate for us that we had already started work on a high school so i had a construction manager already on board with me and an architect already on board with me and so when we started needing to look at temporary buildings when we need to start looking at those avenues of things that i hadn't had the experience of as a small school superintendent they were able to come on board and help me in that manner, in that aspect. So without the key personnel in, from, from insurance and our architect company and our construction management, management at risk, those three, those three entities played a huge part in making my life a little easier, a little less stressed of, of helping me find the answers needed to help take care of our kids. If, if we were not, if their bond had not have passed, and I didn't have the contacts with our architect and our construction management group, it, it would have made things more challenging on me. Um, but because I already had them, been working with them for almost a year, um, they played a huge role in helping us out. The other part of it was our, our education service center. We're a part of region 10 and, and that group down there was absolutely unbelievable. Um, when they found out about what we went through to the point where they showed up here for over a week and just did car duty and dismissal duty and helped be in classrooms and help serve lunches. They just showed up. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't leave. They refused <laughs> to take no for an answer. Um, and, and, and they helped guide donations and things of that nature. So our education service center played a huge role in it as well. Curious. So just switching gears a little bit, you got me thinking earlier when you, when you had mentioned how many different roles that you're involved with, right? Within a district, a smaller district. Um, and, and you're growing as well. Is, is there education around, or, I mean, is there, I, I don't know what the metric, or maybe there's not a science more, it's more, maybe it's more of an art than a science around when do you start adding additional team members when, because as you grow, I mean, you, you reach a point where you're just like, I imagine you get to a point where you're like, I can't do everything anymore. I need somebody to do this well is there uh how do you determine when to bring on additional team members yeah so i think that is a great question uh gary and i think that there's going to be people out there that are going to be able to give you a better answer than what i'm going to give you first for for me being at a district car size it's going to come down to that finance piece it's going to be able to look at your budget every year and it's going to be able to make sure are you looking at Where's your enrollment at? Where, what's your 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 revenue looking like on your taxes and your values? And, and can you begin to put another another piece in place there uh, based on where you're at with 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 all of your other staffing um, that go, comes into play at that time? Um, also, Tasby does a great job. They've got a model out there that kind of tells you when your enrollment hits this number, this is this is where you should be. This is when you should look at adding an assistant principal on a campus based on where your numbers are. This is where you should look at having some of those pieces. For me, that's a very valuable tool that 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 I look at to try to help determine when we get to that point. But I also think it comes down to some factors that you can't find on paper. And it is just what what are you dealing with as a district? How complex is the day-to-day -day getting for you? Um, because 
I think it is quite possible where maybe the numbers don't indicate you're ready for something being added right now, but just life itself tells you that you have to add something right now because when things start slipping through the cracks, so to speak, when you're not able to handle everything because you're juggling too much and the fact of bringing on somebody else to take on and be able to pay more attention to some of those details because those details help better take care of your staff and your students, I think that's when you have to be able to take a look at it as well. So from my perspective, I don't know that it is necessarily a science. I think it's a combination. I think it's a science of knowing where your numbers are and your enrollments at and making sure that you're not putting your, your, your district in any type of financial jeopardy by adding some of those positions. But it's also that art of understanding of what you're dealing with and, and, and the ability of those people that are around you helping to carry that load. We got to be able to look at our people and go, we got too much on them. We got too much on them. We got to take it off. And sometimes you don't build, you're not able to take it off without adding somebody in to help take it off of them. But we have to be aware of the people around us and what we're putting on them. I I think you mentioned something that I think is really important is that the connections you have with the service center or TASBE with other superintendents. Um, I was in this a session a few years ago and somebody asked the superintendent, if he has a network. And it was almost like they didn't know, you know, that the superintendents are part of TASA or they go to things. And 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 I think sometimes to the public, they may not understand like how much you lean on other superintendents' wisdom and their experiences. And uh, so I imagine that in this situation, that the, the per person that asked the question about resources, I imagine that your friendships with other superintendents also um, came into play. Do you have a do you have a something encouraging to share with our listeners about just the importance of of being vulnerable and asking questions to other people? I because so I want to and, and so as you're thinking about the answer, I want to also say one of the things that I've noticed all of our guests in the last uh 2 years and in the 10 years that I served as a trustee, superintendents are probably one of the, the to me they're one of the the, the best set of leaders on the planet because you have a servant leadership like you you your ego has at some point your ego gets just blown to smithereens and you've just you just set forth with the intention to, to take care of students and so I, I I feel like first we just need to say that 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 there's such a I have such a high level of respect for the way that y'all lead but can you talk a little bit about that and the network and the friendships and and and, and so people because I, I think y'all are like way high up here and there are people who want to be superintendents and so what do you have to say about that well i would say be careful what you wish for if you want to be a superintendent but uh, <laughs> uh I, i'm going to say this gary you said something earlier about you know just the multiple roles that we have to play at a small school superintendent and, I, and I'm, I'm going to be very clear and very honest I, I don't know that i'm good at anything um i just i just know that i want to take care of my people and my staff and and, and so I, I don't ever consider myself an expert in any area. I'm just somebody that we're, we're going to do whatever it takes to take care of kids. Um, that's what I expect of, uh, of everybody, every adult that works here. Um, and, and I want to model that for them. Don't always have all the answers uh, and don't always have all the knowledge. And that's why having a network is so important. Right. Um, you're, you're not you're not sitting in this chair with with an ego because this job will humble you in the blink of an eye um and, and so if you are an egotistical person you're just not i'm sorry you're not going to survive here because in the chair we sit in you're sitting in that chair to take care of you're sitting in that chair to take care of young adults and older adults you're sitting in that chair to make decisions that can influence the landscape of a community. Um, this job is not about you or an individual. This job is about a large group of people. And it doesn't matter if you're in Trenton ISD or Houston ISD. Um, and you're, you, you, you just, you're not gonna, you're not gonna build a successful system for your staff and students without being open enough to listen to and take advice from those that have come before you. So um, not 
I, I get told a lot that that my mindset is people just don't don't they get caught off guard when they hear it. But I, I say it all the time. I am one today. I'm one day closer to not being the superintendent at Trenton ISD for, for whatever reason. I mean, I, I hope to retire at some point and, and, and I'm not going to say live on the beach, but I hope at some point I'm able to retire or, or whatever happens in life. Right. So my job, my goal today is I got to be better today than I was yesterday because I'm one day closer to not having the privilege of being this, mm-hmm. this, this superintendent. And so I'm one day closer to not having the opportunity to bring impact and value to our staff and our students. So literally I get up every day with that. I, I get up every day realizing that I, 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 we don't get to do this forever. And it is a privilege to do it, no matter how hard or how challenging it is. So how do I get better? I get better by by looking to those that have come before me, those that are sitting around me. There are superintendents within 15, 20 minutes of me right now that are phenomenal leaders and phenomenal people that have done things that I haven't yet experienced. And it is a mistake on my part if I'm not trying to get some of that knowledge from them and have those conversations with them. It is a mistake on my part when something falls on my desk and I go, well, I haven't, I haven't, haven't dealt with that yet. Let me, let's try this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of going, wait, I haven't, haven't done this yet. Well, wait a minute. This person down the road, I remember them. I remember them talking about something about this about a year ago. Let me give them a call. Let me talk to them. Let me bend their ear and see how they can help me. Um, that's what this is about because we're human beings taking care of other human beings and, and there's no greater responsibility in the world. And when you have that responsibility, you want to make your decisions Without being knee-jerk reactions, you want to be able to, to to truly look at everything from every every angle to do what's best for the people that you're taking care of. I'm responsible for 800 lives every single day, 700 kids and 100 adults. I got to get them to school safely. I got to take care of them to the best of my ability, and I got to get them home safely. That's what's most important right now. What we do with them when in the middle, yes, that matters too, but none of it matters if I'm not taking care of them. I like I like that mindset. I like that mindset around am I better than I was yesterday, right? Cuz I mean, at least when when I when I think about some of the superintendents we've interviewed, including yourself, right? It just sounds like there's a lot of pressure, right? You got community members, you have staff members, you have certain expectations from the state. And there's some pressure around that to where it, it can be it sounds like it can be somewhat fearful of like, you know, what what you know what's going to happen if this or that doesn't happen. Um, and then also when you think about your future or the future of the district or the career or whatever it may be, like you got this horizon that, that you're trying to attain and, uh, you know, depending on what your goals are, it could seem like it's very far away. And it, it just makes me think about this. There's a book called the gap in the game. Um, and, and it kind of talks about that, about reflecting backwards, you know, you, cause you made that comment, you know, better than I was yesterday. And it, that's, that's such a, that's that mindset just seems so motivating and uh, methodical and, and how you get to where you want to go by just constantly reflecting and looking backwards and saying, you know, am I better than I was yesterday or last week or last year? And, you know, whether whatever that skill set may be or whatever that goal is. Um, so I, I just wanted to, to make a note of that. that I appreciate that comment. Well, I, I can tell you some days I get better because I have an opportunity like today and this makes me better. Or I get better because I, I I get better at the finance piece of being a superintendent. Some days I get better because I learn a kid's name that I didn't know yesterday. Or I learn the bus route that I didn't know yesterday because I hadn't <laughs> driven it before, right? But in some way, shape, or form, I'm trying to get better every single day. And then at the same time, I'm trying to inspire and instill that in our staff and then in our students. If, if we... As simple as it sounds, man, how great would this world be if we just all woke up tomorrow going, I want to be a little bit better than I was yesterday. Like, that's it. No, don't, don't have to be lofty goal. I've just got to find some, some way I want to be a little bit better today. I want to leave this place a little bit better today than I left it yesterday um, because I'm not a complicated person. And I think that if we do things of that small of a nature, it makes a huge impact over the course of, of a year. And of a school year, I mean, it, it you're really making me think. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of the book Atomic Habits. I'm thinking, talking about books and like small incremental changes and how important they are over a period of time. When thinking of your leadership, I'm loving that you mentioned, um, like, I'm one day closer to not being in this role because I think a good leader also recognizes that. Like, you, you, and what that means to me and in any role that I have, and I, I, for our listeners, I think we can like reflect a second on this what kind it's not just the legacy like what will someone say about me like what it's not just that what what have i put in place what kind of systems have i put in place what kind of um friendships have i created so the next person who has this role they can have it a little bit better also like we get better a little bit but then creating a space for the person who has our role next i think there's something to be said about that and i'm not sure if that's what you meant by it but i think that's kind of what resonating with me like I I'm one day closer to each one of my kids no longer being 18 or you know no longer being in that and so what am I doing now so that when that day comes um I'm happy with how I reacted and how I loved and how I lived and we, we mentioned this earlier in the in the talk about sometimes we're in them we're in it so deep and so fast and so quick that we don't have a lot of time to reflect but I want to come back to something. I think when you're intentional about the way that you behave, you might not have to then go back and be like, wow, did I make good decisions? Because we we're so intentional with the way we're making them. Our integrity is so high that we can't, even if when we do go back to look, I think that's what I'm trying to say is when we do go back to look, we're proud. And so uh, I, well, I, I love that. You, you said a word there that's, that's, big with me and may not be with a lot of people in this position, but you said systems. And when you're in a smaller school district in Korean, I think, I think you, you will be able to say, yeah, I agree with this because of where, where you have been as a board member before. But when you're at a small school district, sometimes one person kind of holds the key to a lot of knowledge in that particular area. Mm -hmm. And if something happens and that person is out well, the people that are left there dealing with whatever they're dealing with because that person is out with they're scrambling, right? Because they don't often, that knowledge isn't always shared. So we talk, we, we talk a lot about putting systems in place here to make us be successful. And when you put systems in place, we have to, we have to communicate and share that knowledge. I, I, if something was to happen to one of my principals and they were going to be out for two weeks, I need that campus to have systems in place that yes, that principal would be missed, but I need to know that 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 campus is still going to be successful while that principal is out for whatever reason, because there are systems in place and everybody knows how to handle responsibilities with that person being out. If your food in, in a district this small, if our food service director is out, I need there to be systems in place in my food service department that it's going to be able to continue to move forward and maintain while they're out. It's not that they're out and they took so, all this knowledge uh, with them. They had the key to everything and no one on their staff mm -hmm. had the knowledge that it took for them to continue to be successful without them. Mm -hmm. That's that's what we talk about here a lot. The systems are extremely important and we're still growing and we're still working in that area. We are not perfect in any stretch. But, but that comes back into play from what we've dealt with with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At a small school district, when, when certain people would be out with COVID, it opened our eyes to, oh my gosh, they're the only one that knows how to do this. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, and and that, that taught us a lesson that that's not best practice anymore. It is best practice to communicate and to grow our own and instill value in people and to trust them to know things that maybe they weren't trusted with to know before, because that's what it's going to take, because you never know who's going to need to step up and fill a role. Oh, and by the way, when you start treating people like that, what do they do? They rise to meet the new expectations because they're appreciative of the opportunities that you're giving them. I think another thing that it does is allows the leaders who have that set of information to take the breaks they need to for their own mental health or their family or professional being getting professional doing professional development or something when someone else can but when someone else can step in for you for a day but without a system that's not going to happen and that's too much pressure on a person so I think I, I love that you mentioned that during COVID because I think we do we can take some of these when we're in a crisis and we 
we don't ever want that to happen. We don't ever want people to be harmed or anything, but, but if something, a building is harmed, like yours was, what do you know now moving forward? What do we know moving forward after COVID? We can't, we can't operate the same way. We've, we need to be able to, people need to be able to take the time they need um, to take care of themselves. And when, when I'm the only person that can do something, then that's that pressure. And sometimes we think we're the only one. So I'm, I'm, I like that unintended um, benefit to having a system. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Love it. No, no, this has been an amazing interview. I mean, this has been great. It's a different perspective, right? It's a, and that's the cool thing about today's conference, today's summit, is that it's different. We got each each speaker brings something unique to mm -hmm. the table. So I, I really enjoyed today's conversation. Um, for those listeners, whether they're live right now or they're listening to one of the recordings, um, Superintendent Strickland, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you if they want to yeah, build that relationship? Absolutely. Again, if I had if I had an assistant, we'd have put together a great PowerPoint with all the information <laughs> on it, right? Um, but uh, uh, but my email address is is jstrickland at trentonisd.org. Uh, I answer emails like most people answer text messages. Um, and so you can just uh, contact me via email. I'll be happy to share any other information I need if somebody wants to connect via cell phone or whatever, I'll give that out uh, through email or whatever we need. Um, I, again, I just want to thank the two of you um, mm -hmm. for giving a guy like me an opportunity to be on this platform. Um, wow. this, is, this has been amazing. And and I, I'll apologize uh, for not having a PowerPoint presentation no. put together for you, but um, it, it's, it's been a lot uh, here and I, and, and I didn't, um, I didn't want to not be a part of this, Gary and Corinne, because of, of what we've gone through here, but it's just been a lot and didn't have time to put that together. I just love visiting with you. Love being able to tell our story and talk about public education. Absolutely no apologies. I, I think that's the whole, the beauty of this is the conversation. Our podcast has, uh, over the last two years, we, everyone approaches it a little differently. And I think that's the, to one of the most beautiful things, in my opinion, is the individual uniqueness of each, each school district. It reflects that. So absolutely no apologies. We're not accepting that. It was no, no apology. <laughs> yes. And, and for those, those, no, absolutely. And the, those listening in, Check out the interview we did with Superintendent Strickland on our podcast as well. That was an amazing interview also. And uh, it, so thank you again. We're going to close out this session and we're going to move on to the next speaker. But I really do want to thank you again, Superintendent Strickland. Thank you. And uh, definitely reach out to him if you have any questions about anything we, we covered today. Thank you, guys. Have a blessed day. You too. Yeah.